RA Exchange. Hey, welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Chloe Lula, the producer of the show. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Ash Sholem, a Tbilisi-based DJ, the co-founder of Transfigured Time Records, and a core member of the Left Bank Club and Collective. Tbilisi has been experiencing a club music renaissance over the last few years, with clubs like Bastiani and Nikiti opening their doors to top-tier DJs from around the world and simultaneously heralding an era of world-class nightlife. While techno has reigned supreme at these venues, they left a gap that the relatively new space, Left Bank, has aimed to fill. Opening in 2021, it's provided a platform for what it calls quote-unquote wildly diverse electronic sounds from beyond the dance floor, inviting artists like CCL, Object, Lena Willikins, and more to their stage. It's also a daytime gathering point for social events, film screenings, panels, and more. Ash Sholem has been a member of the Left Bank Collective in social space since its inception. And we sat down at RSO in Berlin during ICRA Festival, an event co-run by contingents from the Georgian and Ukrainian dance music communities, to talk about his involvement with the space. We literally recorded in the smoking room while the festival was happening outside closed doors. So if you can hear a banging kick drum in the background, that's why. Ash has a background in political science and sociology, and I was really delighted to get his insightful and well-informed commentary on how Eastern European socioeconomics affects nightlife, the ways in which a certain set of revolutionary ideals have become ingrained into Georgian nightlife culture, and how people party, the fight for queer rights and drug policy reform in Tbilisi, and broader thoughts on the role dance music plays in politics and legislative change during times of crisis and warfare. We also obviously talked about Left Bank and how it fits into a nightlife landscape that is notoriously fraught with rivalries. I don't want to think that we are part of any rivalries. When it comes to music or art in general, I don't think that we have to compete with each other because we have different approaches, different mindsets, we have different things to say. No, everyone has its own space. Despite stirring things up, Left Bank has breathed an exciting new energy into the city since it opened. I was personally lucky enough to attend when it first held events during the pandemic, and it was the only club allowed to open with its spacious outdoor dance floor right by the water. This week, Left Bank is inaugurating its in-house record label and celebrating its two-year birthday with a debut release, a 13-track VA from artists and affiliates of the club. Called Stop What You're Doing, it includes songs from HVL, Sam Goku, Bruce, and Pavel Milyakov, swerving from the far reaches of electro to bass music and back again. You can grab a copy in stores and online tomorrow. And in the meantime, thanks for tuning in. Without further ado, here is the one and only Ash Sholem. Cool. Well, it's really nice to meet you. Thank you so much for joining me, Absolute Ash. Pleasure. So I guess I'll briefly introduce you to Belisi-based DJ, member of the Left Bank Collective and Club, and the co-founder of Transfigured Time Records here at Ikra Festival, and you played last night, yes. right? Okay, and uh, I was very, <laughs> actually kind of surprised to walk in and have the party just like going on around us, which is like, it's quite cool. Um, how did your set go? I think it was pretty much fun. It was pretty much fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. 
it's always kind of refreshing to play abroad after your hometown experiences. And mm. um, plus it's a special occasion. I really hope it's the last edition of Iskra Festival in Berlin and mm. we hopefully can go to Kiev back soon. Yeah. Uh, celebrate some important victories. So, yeah. How did the experience of playing here differ from when you've played at other iterations of the festival or even playing just at Left Bank? Well, you want to bring something from your uh, hometown, obviously. You want to represent some ideas, what you are trying to build in your hometown, in your home club. So it's uh, kind of um, interesting and challenging because it's only three hours. You have to bring all of those emotions, mm. all of uh, those sounds, what you admire, what you want to push. So as much as challenging it is, as much as interesting it is. So. Yeah. yeah, okay, cool. Well, okay, I wanted to start by talking about your Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> because you describe yourself as a sometimes DJ, always anti-fascist. And so politics obviously supersede music for you, even though you just told me you're doing DJing full time. So can you talk about that and how activism and politics are really at the core of what you do in your music practice? Yeah, I think um, music and art in general are absolutely inseparable from politics. I was always a strong believer that through music and art, you can change a lot of things. I'm involved into music, I feel kind of duty to bring all those political ideas and beliefs what I have. Plus, as much as right-wing ideas exist, it's my feeling and kind of my personal duty to have strong anti-fascist beliefs as well. It's also very funny that every right-wing government, doesn't matter which country we choose, tries to attack art and the club scene. Totally. We had the same experience in Georgia, Armenia. In Armenia, it happened the same. I think in Italy, is happening the same. So you cannot escape those feelings. So it's for me, as someone who was involved into the student politics when I was at university, I'm also a refugee from Abkhazia, which is occupied part of Georgia, obviously by Russia. But it's kind of just much made in heaven, you know. It's just very closely connected to each other. And uh, my political ideas are the same as the musical ones. I want to be reckless. I want to be, I don't want to compromise on those ideas. I want to be as open as I can be. So yeah, it's very important for me, those two ideas matching together. Yeah. Well, okay, I guess before launching into a deeper conversation about nightlife in Tbilisi, I just wanted to establish a little bit of context around the socioeconomic situation in Georgia. I have spent personally a lot of time there because I love Georgia, I love Tbilisi. I'm aware that there's an oligarchy there and that the rule of law kind of sits at odds with human rights and also just like the general values that drive club culture. So could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, as a post-Soviet Union country, which was always highly affected by wild capitalism, it's very unequal society, so gap between rich and poor is enormous. Obviously, it affects everything from clubs to daily life. Also, the last months or year have been challenging because inflation, currency devaluation, everything which is happening at once, plus the war in Ukraine, 
Now we have influx of uh, so many Russian citizens, which obviously affects economy in a different ways. Prices are going up, so for young people it's even more challenging to afford the living, find yeah. a proper workplace, and so on and so on. Tbilisi um, has that kind of different vibe uh, from any city in the world, I would say, that it's always struggling. There's a constant struggle against or for something. In the 90s, we have the civil war. After that, two wars against the Russian one in Abkhazia, one in South Ossetia. So every emotion of the country is kind of collecting into this. Plus, it's the biggest city. Uh, so it's very polarized for now because of, as you mentioned, the oligarchy rule, ruling party. It's the Georgian Dream Party, yeah. right? Because I was actually there, I guess it was what, about two years ago now when they were re-elected. Yes. And it seems like popular sentiment is very uh, sour. Oh yeah, <laughs> very sour. Yeah. Yeah, and the plus it's, for the young generation, it's very hard to belong to some of political parties because no one represents them. Maybe it's both because that there's two biggest party. One is Georgian Dim and the national movement and other are just small parties. So let's say just two opposite sides. Sometimes I don't think there are some differences between them, both right wing, both trying to do things in a different way. Previous government, which was from national movement, was a, a advocates of as wild capitalism as you can imagine, mm. uh, with uh, some ideas of Chicago boys and stuff like that. So indifference is the one of the main, one of the key thing what youth in Georgia feels. Mm. When did you move to Tbilisi? Um, I moved around four or five when I was four or five years old. Okay. We escaped the war, <clears throat> lived in a different city, and then moved um, back to Tbilisi. I grew up there, and it's very much part of me, and all of those emotions are very close to mine. How does it feel now being so close to the war in Ukraine? I remember the first few days when the war started, I was feeling very angry, very angry, on those countries who did nothing in 2008 and then in 2014 when war in Crimea happened and when was when people were praising European Union or US for sanctions I was like no it's not enough it's definitely not enough because the whole country of Ukraine Georgia before were crying for help that this is the beast which must stop because uh, with imperialistic ideas uh, of uh, Vladimir Putin. And now it's obvious that you feel the same pain. You know how it feels when your city is bombed. You know how it feels when you hear, when you hear the bombing, when you hear the gunshots and everything. And you don't have to forget that the, even like 30 kilometers from Tbilisi, Russian tanks are still standing there. So you always feel that pressure. So our pain is very mutual. Mm. Um, I completely and utterly feel the pain of Ukrainian people. And I do hope and I do believe that uh, this will be the last time when Russia can attack their neighbors. And uh, 
Ukraine has to play that major part of defeating that imperialism. So how does the socioeconomic and the socio-political environment affect nightlife? Because one of the things that I remarked on when I was in Tbilisi, I've now been quite a few times, and one time I actually meant to just stay for a week and I ended up staying for a month and a half. That's good to hear. <laughs> and because I just felt that everybody in nightlife there had so much passion and was also really engaged with socio-political issues in a way that I feel is missing sometimes from the community that I'm in. And it also was really clear to me that clubs in Tbilisi are really launching pads for actual change, like the white noise movement, which was really tightly connected to Bastiani. Um, could you just talk a little bit about, I guess, how the clubs and the club community there is, is involved with activism? Um, I always think that Leo's story, uh, my friend told me when he first time visited Georgia, that I have the feeling that I am in Middle Eastern country and the people are dancing kind of the same here because you don't know what happens tomorrow. It's actually kind of motto of Tbilisi and Georgia that you don't know what happens tomorrow. You, can, you don't know if you can afford dancing tomorrow financially or non-financially. And dancing never been just a dancing. Well, I do believe that dancing never been just dancing in Tbilisi. It's always been political because music always played some part in Tbilisi's history. It was in the 90s when the civil war was happening, there was some underground parties. Then was in 2000, some clubs, but you could find that something that urged what people had to dance and to collect together and just have the good time. Because it feels like you have to escape some of madness which is going around you. Also, I think that in clubs, I had the, the most interesting political discussions. I believe that the clubs are the best place for having the good political discussions. Obviously, clubs played major role in changing society's views, for example, about um, LGBTQ plus rights. I was just telling to my friend uh, here that 10 plus years ago, it was such a huge problem for someone from the minority coming to the club and dancing freely. And suddenly everyone just accepted the fact that no matter who you are, no matter what color you are, no matter what orientation you have, you have to be in this space. We are all safe here. We dance together. No one going to get hurt. And this reflected on society as well. Well, it's such a long struggle before we reach the level I do believe we want mm. against homophobia and against aggression against other minorities. But it was such a huge change and a shift in mindset of society. I think governments never done anything about that. So the major, major accomplishment of clubbing was that we tried and somehow accomplished to change people's view about minorities. Mm -hmm. So I think everyone is very proud of that fact. Now people from any background can come and feel safe at the club, which you could not imagine 10 plus years ago. This is why I 
believe that clubs can be the major force of changing. It's kind of waves of changing. You mentioned the uh, white noise movement. Of course, uh, drug policy is still strict, but at least those movements who founded inside the club started something. At least there was a discussion. It's already such a huge step. Mm. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon, obviously. So I hope one day we'll reach there, but yeah. So since some of these parties started, in what ways have you seen the scene change? Um, I mean, you mentioned that you feel that the queer community is generally more accepted, but I read an interview you were giving with Mix Mag in 2018, and you said that you were profiled by the police, you were stopped on the street. Everyone who was different could be profiled by police, so yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. an exception. But I, I just was wondering if that's still happening. More or less. But I think that one of the major issues which was resolved after a huge demonstration when clubs were raided was that now government understands that you don't mess up with youth like that. You just cannot go to the sacred place, raid them, and think it will go smoothly as it was two days ago. No, mm. we saw the power of youth. So now we are accepting more uh, different people, different uh, backgrounds and everything. So I think somehow that problem is more or less resolved. Mm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. What changes would you still want to see that happen? Oh, so many, <laughs> <laughs> so many. For me, clubs, as I mentioned already, uh, clubs are very sacred place. You have to understand the situation of the Georgian youth. There is no political party you can trust. There is no government. I don't have any hopes that after this government, whoever will come, we can have a hope. This is the only institution what youth believe. The church is corrupted, governments are corrupted, any political spectrum is corrupted. So, as a club, we have a much more responsibility now when, when before to talk about important issues, to talk about how we want to move as a society, what kind of mindset we should have, how open we should be about any problem, what we are facing. If we could change things against homophobia, we could change about anything, right? We are neighbors uh, with Russia, so obviously it creates different problems. And obviously the response of the government don't really represent people's will, or at least youth will. So we have to talk about it. We have to talk how open clubs should be for discussion, political discussions. You know, that sometimes the clubs uh, have the same vibe for me as Maybe I'm a bit romantic now, but uh, in the uh, 70s, there's a French movie, there's a small cafe, and we are talking mm. about revolution, or, or there's a 60s movie, and hippies are talking about revolution, stuff like that. You know, our generation's cafes are the clubs. That's interesting. I yeah. actually never thought about that, but... I, yeah. yeah, so I do believe if where will be revolution, it should come from the club, because it will be the most sincere. I hope that in the next few years we'll have more and more political discussions which will move to the mainstream politics. Nowadays the parties are absolutely unconnected from problems what people are facing. 
they don't talk about problems what youth or anyone is having in Georgia. Hmm. So I think uh, clubs should take that role as well, that we have to talk about inequality, political polarization, everything. So yeah. the drug policy, homophobia, racism, fascism, everything. Yeah, interesting. So I was last there for a long period of time. I guess it was about two years ago, and I was actually reporting on trans rights in Georgia, which seemed to kind of be an ongoing issue, even though there's more acceptance of the queer community in general. Um, I was interviewing this woman, Madonna Kiparoidza, mm -hmm. who set herself on fire in front of the, uh, I think it was in front of the parliament building. Yeah. Yeah, she said that she felt like the trans community still wasn't really accepted in nightlife spaces mm -hmm. and there was a little bit of a rift and I don't know if you have felt that. That's why I mentioned that it's a long struggle yeah, before course, we reach the yeah. point we say, okay, now we are fine. Yeah, that's very sad to hear. Fortunately, clubs are constantly working, not just one, like everyone collectively, I, th I think and I hope my feeling represents the reality. I'm constantly working on that. So hopefully one day that yeah. those people can... Well, I do believe we feel safe now as well, but feel like it's their home as well. It's one of the most important part. Generally in life, you have to feel somewhere at home. Yeah. yeah. You're a member of Left Bank, yeah. which just opened what, like in 2020, uh, right? During pandemic. Yeah, yeah, because I think that I went to some of the first parties that were happening in the summer and it was, so it was just the outdoor that was open. Yeah. But can you tell me a little bit more about it? Because I know that it's considered to be a collective in addition to being kind of more of a cultural space and a club. Yeah, that's a very interesting subject for me because it was the most challenging time. The founder is a very close friend of mine, Gacha, who is also one of the uh, most interesting producers and DJs from Tbilisi. We wanted to have uh, not just a club, but a cultural space, as you mentioned, because people who are involved in the left bank are coming from different background apart. It's not like just DJs or musicians. There are people who are studying and they're working on cinematography, uh, installations, everything. It's such a um, broad, uh, specter of art members. So we uh, were thinking how we can recreate those feelings and interests in the same space. This is why we have the movie screenings. This is why we have the, as much live performances as possible. And of course, uh, the club nights. We have an amazing collective, I would say, with so many interesting artists who are, I would say, very reckless with their approach and sound and i'm so happy to be part of that collective there's so many interesting ideas coming every day uh, so many interesting dj sets or the music you can hear so it's very exciting to be part of those group yeah it seems that the programming is pushing a little bit more like breaky uk based like sounds that i don't really hear represented in other mm -hmm. parts of the city how would you say it fits into the the clubbing landscape, because you have Hitty, mm -hmm. you have Bastiani, yeah. which I guess are really like the main ones, which already seems like a lot for yeah. like quite a small city. Yeah. But yeah, where do you feel like Left Bank 
sits <clears throat> in the ecosystem? Well, when we were talking uh, where we want to move musically, the only answer was we want to push the sound which we really love and admire. So, actually, Gacha mentioned a few days ago that do you remember? those times when we were playing kind of bassy and breaky stuff and the dance floor was empty in a <laughs> second. Now it's not the case. Now the new generation is very open. You know, people are uh, kind of having the trust in the club that, okay, what you represent and what you present is very interesting for me now. And they are very open in that sense as well. So I've feel very surprised every single time when I think how small city like Tbilisi can have so many clubs. Yeah. Country which is relatively very poor. Even in uh, pre-club places, the sound is amazing. It's yeah. not like this do-it-yourself thing. No, it's like the proper venue, proper sound system, everything is on point. I don't have any answer how it happened. But in our cases, it uh, was a work of few years. Then pandemic happened, which obviously put us in a difficult position. Now we are functioning as a cultural place. Uh, I think what you mentioned as approach is very accurate. You know, we don't, we didn't want to push the same sound as it was represented already in the city. You know what kind of associations you have with Bassiani or Hidi, right? It's, mm more or less more techno, right? Yeah. So we wanted to try different things. Okay. This is what we are doing now. Sometimes it's very challenging, but I think we are doing okay or good. Well, <laughs> I, I did want to ask about, because you mentioned that people really struggle to make money and mm -hmm. it seems like the door prices are pretty um, on par with the door prices that I would see in, like in Berlin. How are people able to afford going out every weekend? Oh, I think we are keeping door prices as low as possible and it's still very high. Yeah. So the gas lists are obviously much bigger than in Berlin or anywhere else. Like when we know that we are part of our communities, we try to make entrance free. Also, we have uh, one or two hours of free entrance as well. Oh, nice. So people are gathering uh, earlier. Okay. We have a yard, so you can discuss your revolutionary ideas if you have any uh, in the yard or just have fun and have a drink. Okay. And then we move to the uh, space, actually the club space, where magic happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hedi and Bastiani have this like notorious rivalry. Is Left Bank also kind of part of this, where you feel that you have to be a bit protective over the space that you hold in the city and your audience and your artists? Well, <laughs> I don't want to think that we are part of any rivalries. Of course. But I have to admit that the part I don't really enjoy in Pelisi's club scene is rivalry. When it comes to music or art in general, I don't think that we have to compete with each other because we have different approaches, different mindsets. We have uh, different things to say, you know. It's not like something can be better than or as a DJ or as a club. No, everyone has its own space. You enjoy this one, I enjoy that one. Also, when I think about this, the idea always comes to my mind that even if you take one club from Tbilisi, Tbilisi won't be the same. So we need each other so much. 
Like mm. It's a kind of system which needs every single member to be strong, to be supportive, etc. The wish I always had is to have as much crossover project with the different clubs as possible. First of all, it's a very small city, it's a very small community, no matter how big clubbing can be, it's still very small. So we really do need each other. We are facing the common enemies as well. Yeah. Far right is a common enemy, fascists are a common enemy, governments, unfortunately, most of times are our enemies. So we don't have to divide each other, you know. We have to be really, really strong and united. But I do understand that when it comes to business and comes to money, there's always competition. But I wish um, we can have more healthier uh, environment. Well, and I hope we are moving towards that because everything happened just so quickly. You have to think about it as well because like suddenly we didn't have good clubs and now we have like five good clubs. It was like this explosion that happened yeah. suddenly, like everything emerged a few years ago. Yeah. Why was that that you felt everything popped up around the same time? It felt like a dream to be honest, that one day you are living in a completely different world and waking up in a completely different world. Because I remember that when sometimes I was taking my mixture to the club because the club couldn't afford to rent the mixture or something like that. It was, it was just like the friendly thing. Oh, can you bring your mixture, please, for today? Blah blah blah. Yeah, of course. So when we wake up, that every club has a good sound system, every club has a good lineups. It was times when uh, international guests the unusual thing, and now I don't know. I cannot remember any weekend without yeah. big name or interesting name. So changed like that but how or why I still don't have any answer about it interesting <laughs> yeah to me it seems like such a missed opportunity to not be collaborating in service of something bigger like if everybody could put their business differences aside that you could all be working in service of something together especially when you all share the same values and ideologies it, yeah. It seems it's sad. And I play at Kitty quite frequently. And it's mm -hmm. like one of my favorite clubs to play in. But I've also been to Bassiani a few times. And it's like this beautiful, incredible space. And like they're all such amazing organizers who run each club. And yeah, it makes me feel it makes me feel sad. Yeah. Also, the thing is that uh, every single club, I think, in Georgia, I've mentioned uh, far-right ideas and fascists and everything, but also from economical perspective, we are facing the same problem when we are managing lineups, yeah. especially for small clubs, that you have to pay higher fees, you have to pay enormous flight prices, right. and the flight prices and the flight durations are crazy. So it's challenging. That's why I think that those crossover projects can help to build something much stronger than it is now. And I do believe that we can do it. Mm. This is, I think you mentioned it very accurately, that it's kind of missed opportunity. But yeah, we'll see in the future. See. Hopefully yeah. I won't get like cancelled for <laughs> <laughs> saying that I feel you should collaborate. But 
Yeah, I'm curious to hear more about your own music and what you're DJing. Because mm. um, I saw that you opened for Objects and you had a mix of the day that was your opening set for Objects. So yeah. is that really representative of the sounds that you're really drawn to? Or what would you say you gravitate towards? Music? Oof, that's the most uh, challenging question now. Huh? <laughs> well, Object DJ is one of my favorite DJs. So it was an absolute pleasure to open denied for him. Yet that approach uh, to be, as I mentioned at the beginning, to be kind of reckless, you know, with the sound, be uh, as open as you can be and uh, not compromise because some people cannot get you, you know. I always want to try new things. I trying new things most of times. And uh, I hope that when you are coming to listen to me, you don't have any expectations. This is one of the most important parts for me, that you cannot guess what you want to expect. Just hopefully something interesting. Hopefully you can have fun, but not be predictable. So when you say reckless, do you mean just like open-minded or actually like kind of challenging people? Both. Okay. Both. Yeah. I'd say that's like probably not how most DJs are thinking, but I think yeah. I don't know. But in, at least in Tbilisi, and I think globally as well, we reach that point that we have to try something different, not to go into the crisis of relooping ourselves. You know, it should not get copy of copy of copy of everything. So uh, music generally is very, very broad spectrum, right? We can try new things. Sometimes it's very challenging for you because you, have, you see the full dance floor in front of you and uh, just going, trying to experiment all things are probably not the best idea sometimes. But I do believe that any idea can uh, fulfill itself if you find the right place and the right time. So even if you listen to some, I don't know, some experimental track, let's say, or some crazy drill track in the <laughs> uh, middle of the set, okay? You may succeed, may, you may not, but you at least you tried. At least you did something interesting. It shouldn't be always like success story. Sometimes, okay, we fail most of times. So what? We move on. But just to think about it, maybe one person from the crowd will say, oh, come on, why did he play that track? That's already accomplishment, you know? Because he's thinking about that night. He's thinking about the approach of DJ. He tried this, he tried that. Next time, hopefully he will come to listen to you and hopefully you can play the same track in different manner. DJ should be medium between music, space and crowd. We are not doing the most groundbreaking thing, right? We are just DJs, we're just playing records, right? Yeah, it's Some people might be offended by that statement, well, but... I'm very sorry if I'm offending anyone, but I don't think that we, we have some lifesaver uh, ideas or something like that. We are going to the club, playing records. We are very lucky to live by that. But our ideas and our approaches should be always interesting. Maybe it's coming from someone who was raised as a post-punk kid, then got into dubstep and everything is in my head and I want somehow to represent everything. But um, I was always fascinated by post-punk approach, do it things roughly, 
without compromises mm. and whatever it will be, it will be. So I hope, if not now, I can have the same approach in the future. But yeah, if anyone listens to that and uh, is afraid to hear drill track, <laughs> don't get afraid, it's fine. You can still have fun on that. People can have fun on every sound at the club. I am a strong believer of that. You just have to find the right place and the right time. Mm. And don't, never be afraid of failing. It's, it just happened, it's life. Mm. You fail now, you'll be okay next time. So. Yeah, now that's a healthy attitude to have. Do you feel that other members of Left Bank, they have a similar approach? Oh, completely, they... yeah, completely. Because it's not like we are some big name products of Georgian electronic scene. No, it's, there are lots of people who are coming who are much, much younger than me. We have so many different sounds in one collective, I would say. Everyone has its own view. How should I mix or how we should present their music? Uh, but the idea, I think it's clearly represented by collective what Left Bank as a club stands for. You have to try new things and the new things will find its own listener. When we first time started having those breaky or bassy stuff, we understood that maybe there can be the empty dance floor, but we still did it. And we are lucky that crowd accepted that, crowd embraced that. So uh, now it's a job of collective to push it more. Mm. It's not about the sound in, like bass or breaky or dubstep or anything. It's just about your approach about sound, you know? to be that medium described between your space and the crowd. And I think that's where magic can happen. Mm. So when did you join Left Bank? From the very right early, the yeah, yeah. Okay, and are you, is your role mostly as a resident there? Are you also involved in other elements of curation and programming? Yeah, I'm also doing the booking stuff as well. Well, as I mentioned, the Gacha is a very close friend of mine, so we always talk who we want to bring, the nights we want to create and stuff like that. So it's being resident, part of the booking team, part of the collective, a little bit of everything, I would say. And I saw that you've released Gotcha on your record label. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about the label? I know you mentioned that you haven't put out so much recently, but I was listening through your releases and that they're all really nice and not so techno or no. like dance floor. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't even remember when we started, but I remember the story that me and Gacha was walking down the street and he had so many, so much music to release and everyone was like, oh, maybe can we change this, can we change that? And kind of offered him the idea that maybe we can do something for us and put music what we want. And it happened like that, that we started to releasing the music what we really liked also, it was like more focused on Georgian scene. Yeah, and I think we released on two uh, compilations, lots of Georgian artists as well. Now, thankfully, lots of Georgian labels are coming where you're putting incredible music. We somehow stopped um, putting records. Hopefully we will find the music we want to put, but you know, 
the club and everything takes so much time and energy, so it's very hard. Actually, the story of the name is very... Now it's funny that for that time we have been big fans of old movies and it's just the name of the movie Transfigure Time, which is... I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, it's from 20s, I think. It's a fascinating movie, so I completely recommend to watch it. And we said like, okay, the name is good. We have music, let's do it. And we had no clue how to do things. But actually, we didn't really care about it as well. Not so much. We didn't want to make money from that. We just wanted to have that kind of memory of our musical journey. That I never produced track by myself. I was always kind of DJ kind of guy. But I always loved to hear the new tracks, especially from friends, and somehow to have a platform to push them. So. That was the idea. So you're not really making music much now? No, no. Um, a selector. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like the term uh, DJ, but yeah. A curator. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's DJing anyway. So yeah, I'm more DJ than uh, a producer. I like to see how people are working with sounds and having different approaches, but you know, it never felt that I could do that. I can just play around with my friends, with some girls and stuff, but to release music by myself, I'm, I can't see it. Mm. And I never saw it as well. So. At the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned that it's really important to you to bring politics into music, I mean, in a nightlife space, but how do you do that with the music itself? I think as, as you grow as a DJ or producer, it doesn't matter. This, as an artist, you have more exposure, right? You reach more people. So at least you can talk about it. You can express your ideas. You can always put something which makes people to think about those stuff, you know? I was always big fan of 90s sound system cultures. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I hear the stories of this sound system, when you can take the track and go to the war zone, stop your track on the border, having party on the New Year's Eve. And for that 24 hours, the war stops. I was just reading an article a couple of days ago, actually, about Desert Storm sound system, which was the sound system that traveled around during the exactly. Balkan War. Exactly. And yeah, so fascinating. Hey, Matthew Collin, actually, an amazing writer and journalist, uh, in his book is explaining perfectly how beautiful, challenging, and exciting that journey was. And I still think that how it would feel to be part of that group and how that's recklessness, you know, to go to the Balkan War where the madness is happening. I think there was also a story that we have been hiding at the club for 24, six or 28 hours because outside there was a shooting going on. So we just couldn't leave the club. But at the club, there was a, a party going on. We had that amazing uh, approach to show political problems. I think it was, um, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm mistaken, I'm so sorry. When you could enter to the party, uh, the ticket had Saddam Hussein's portrait. And I think it was the Iraq when 
we have things started to happen in the Middle East. So we had that, that kind of expression. At, at which uh, at the Desert Soundstone, just a party. Yeah. That's interesting that uh, the founding member ended up being member of NATO army. I didn't know that. Yeah. And yeah, you can shift your political ideas from the left to the right. But that was an amazing time. So I always think how you can recreate those times because that was ultimate approach of political dance culture, I would say. Mm. Just in that you're like, disrupting war with music like, yeah, to create this moment of yeah. unity or like yeah. relief from the combat or yeah, more it, than that. It, that was the only hope for that people in those 24 hours, I would say. Mm. Like, can you imagine? Like, just no. standing on the border where was people killing each other, just starting playing crazy uh, loud music. I think in the book of, by Matthew Cohen, he describes one of the memories that someone started shooting Kalashnikovs in the air on the one of those tracks when the new year started. So having those emotions is amazing, but politics is always there in the dance culture. As I mentioned, dancing is never just the dancing. It's always escapism. It's always showing yourself. It's always representing who you are, how you are probably in a dark room of any club where the music is loud. It's just you, sound, and all of those emotions, which can make you so free and completely new person. That's also very political because you know, our body and ourselves are affected by economical structure. Any, any single day, we work tirelessly it's never enough. We struggle. Uh, we love. I hope you can feel those emotions. I will be very happy if, if you can feel those emotions when I'm playing. I hope to reach that one. And also, as I mentioned in the beginning, I love to, uh, to have political conversations with people at the club. I'm not planning any revolution, but just to talk about stuff. I also met amazing people at the club. Well, one of the best activists, very reckless, very educated, very open-minded. Uh, so this is why structure of clubbing and political spectrum is very connected for me. Plus, as someone who is a refugee, and uh, when you're a refugee in your own country, there's two ways. One, you go by yourself, and one is just uh, knocking on the government's door, hey, can I have your attention? That attention is laughable, to be honest. It's no attention at all. And here on another side is clubbing and the clubs who can be as open as they can be, embrace you, makes you feel that you are one of them. And somehow you are lucky that you are living that life, not struggling. Uh, so it's very personal and very emotional for me from that sense. Uh, so I hope that when you see the female DJ in the DJ booth and uh, lots of young girls are on the dance floor, it's the hope that, hey, I can do it. Mm. You see? When you see black person, trans person, it's, it's the hope, you know? It's represent someone who you want to be. So if you see me, and you are a refugee, struggling in your life and stuff. 
you have to know that there is one place called the clubs who will be open for you. You can find your home there and maybe you are lucky to live that life as well. So. I really like the deep critical thinking that you bring <laughs> to the, the dance floor. And I met somebody who mentioned that they first met you when they were in a philosophy class. They were teaching a philosophy oh, class. I know who you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> uh, is your background in philosophy? Uh, sociology. Sociology. Politi political okay. science. That makes some sense given. Yeah, this is why you want to bring all those knowledge or good lectures as one you mentioned taught you to the clubs. And when you see your lecture at the club, it's the best feeling, <laughs> to be honest. It's the best feeling. You had on Friday your lecture, going to the club, seeing your professor. He's having fun and you can talk about some interesting subjects as well. The dream come true. What do you feel that your background in sociology has brought to your understanding of club culture? I think that is a joke in sociology that uh, you end up being as a Marxist when you are studying sociology. As a one good man said, erratic Marxist, that approach never leaves me. So I bring that to the club as well. And now when we are facing lots of political problems, it's there. You know, it's part of your, your identity. You may not to think about it, but it represents you. You are unique. Every person is unique in how things are done. But putting political aspect to what I do always been very challenging for me in a good way. Always kind of ticks in your brain that, oh, you should start. Maybe you should read something new. So that will open new doors in music as well. So getting inspired uh, by political thinkers uh, is the main connection to the music for me. Okay. So what is next on the horizon for you with your career, with Left Bank? What are your, your hopes for your next? Ooh, I don't know about myself, <laughs> but for Left Bank, I think because of uh, people who are involved into Left Bank, I believe it can grow and uh, change many things because of collective I mentioned, because of uh, such broad spectre of art, which is involved in left bank as a space, can be very interesting. I think it will have more exposure globally and locally as well. It's still very new club. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen like in one day you have uh, uh, the most famous club or something like that. As I mentioned, it's a not a sprint, it's a marathon, right? We learn every day. Team is amazing, people are amazing. Lineups are amazing, I hope, for everyone as well. But my strong belief is that lineups are very interesting. There's so many new projects coming up. We want to keep old ones as what we are pushing, the movies, live concerts, stuff like that. But we also want to try different things. When you are a community club, you have to feel the pulse of your community. Mm. It's not like I want to push something and not hearing what community needs or wants. We are lucky to have the two spaces at the club. So one is more experimental, another one is more like a bit dark, like proper club space. Uh, so we have lots of different uh, sounds going on and 
what we call it space one and space two. Space two is more club space, space one is more experimental. Lots of trap music now because suddenly after pandemic, the new generation came up with so many trap music. I didn't know that in Georgia trap or drill can be. I didn't be, know that either. No, yeah, it's a, such a big scene now of uh, that kind of music. Obviously, I hope and I do know that we will keep that open approach, that we will be open for anything. I will try anything, even if it fails for one time. It's okay. Yeah, I hope many people will feel that excitement what we are feeling about our club. This is my main hope about Left Wing. And on a closing note, you know, we've talked a lot about music and activism, and obviously Ikra is usually held in Kiev. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the function of the festival is to build bridges between communities, especially like Eastern European communities. What do you think the biggest takeaway can be from engaging in a close cultural dialogue together, especially in the midst of the conflict that's happening right now? Um, I think it's very symbolic that most of lineup of Iskra Festival is by Georgian and Ukrainian artists. So it feels like that we have so many things in common. I mentioned and probably everyone is uh, getting a bit tired of hearing that, but we have the same enemy and we are having the same war. Even in times of when there are no wars, I think we still feel the same challenges, you know. Ukraine is still a post-Soviet Union country. So the challenges I mentioned, what we are facing in Georgia, inequality, the problem with the minorities and everything, it's there as well. So unfortunately, I could not attend the panel, but I hope that I will have discussion with other people. But I want to hear and be open about their ideas because for that time when the war was going on I was not involved for that time in the clubbing I was 15 or 16 but I want to uh, hear from people who are now involved in the clubbing in Kiev or in Ukraine in general what we want to do what we can do and what can future bring to them sometimes <laughs> we are making that mistake that mm, we want to talk, 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 but we don't want to hear for actually for someone who is experiencing that. So for me, the, the key thing is to hear from people who are in the world now, what we want to do, how we want to do, and how we can help them. Because that bridge, what the festival is building, is not for one year or two years. It should stay forever. Because it's like the very close nation with the more or less same history because we have been the part of the union for the long time because um, economical powers there and in Georgia had the same effects. It's challenging for youth have heard uh, in Kiev or in Ukraine before the war. As I mentioned, the crossover project. So crossover project should not be only in Tbilisi or in Kiev. It should be Tbilisi and Kiev together. And, and we have to reach each other to have discussions. There will be enormous experiences how to survive mentally, physically in wartime, you know. And I'm absolutely amazed when I see there's some parties going on in Kiev. That's the most political thing for me. Even in times of war, 
you still find the courage to bring your sound system to some place, even if it's, there is a curfew hour, and even if you don't know some crazy guy, I don't want to mention his name, will put the drones on your house and will bomb everything. You still find that courage to dance. This is why dancing is political. Yeah. And I do hope to have conversations with people from Kiev. I do hope to hear their thoughts, their ideas, and I do hope that we, as a Tbilisi community, can help them to achieve their dreams, approaches, missions, if I can say that. And I hope that this bridge will be as stronger as ever in the near future. I'm sure the war will soon end. I'm sure that Ukraine will win this madness war. And I'm sure that we can celebrate the glorious victory in Ukraine and then can have a discussion how we can move forward all together. Thank you for listening to this RE Exchange with Ash Sholom. Many thanks to David Chikladze and the team at ICRA Festival for facilitating this conversation and to RSO for allowing us to record in the space. Video snippets of our talk will be on RE's YouTube and Instagram soon. The track playing in the outro of this episode is HBL's Matt Plus, which is out tomorrow on LeftBank's new label. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the RA Exchange and listen to our full archive of conversations on ra.co or on SoundCloud at ra-exchange. If you have ideas for guests you'd like to hear on the podcast or stories you'd like to share, please send us an email at exchange at ra.co. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.